Welcome to the Wealth Tech Winner Circle Podcast. In this podcast, we break down the technology challenges that are impacting today's financial professionals. Our goal is to identify these challenges and potentially uncover solutions across tech integrations, adoption, emerging technology, evaluating solutions, and more. Through this content, we hope to help professionals avoid common pitfalls and move their services towards an award-winning strategy for 2020 and beyond. Hosted by David Armstrong, Editor-in-Chief. Uh, welcome to the Wealth Tech Winners Circle Podcast from WealthManagement.com. My name is David Armstrong. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of WealthManagement.com. Uh, we are talking to the technology winners of our Wealthies Awards. And with me right now is Stuart DePina, the Chief Executive of InvestNet Data and Analytics. Stuart, how are you? David, I'm great. How about yourself? Good, good. Uh, thanks for taking the time to do this. I wanted to start off, just uh, tell us a little bit uh, first who you are, uh, who you work for, and how you describe uh, what InvestNet does. Yeah, sure. And by the way, thanks. Really uh, um, glad to be here and glad to be representative, representing InvestNet. And, and I'll give you a little bit of background about myself. I'm the chief executive of InvestNet Data and Analytics, which is a division of InvestNet. I'm responsible for developing uh, and seeing uh, the overall data aggregation and enterprise data management uh, activities of our business. That includes analytic offerings that we develop and uh, distribute to primarily investment wealth management firms, but also large financial institutions such as banks, including a lot of fintech companies uh, that are using our platforms. I also oversee uh, Investment Technology Group, uh, which is the focus. Uh, we focus on finding solutions uh, for investment operations, technology, and data infrastructure needs. So there's a lot of innovation, if you will. It's kind of an innovation lab, for lack of a better term, a uh, better way to characterize that. Prior to running Investment Data Analytics, I also um, was the chief executive officer for Tamarack, which is uh, a platform that um, is used by independent RAs, uh, that platform stack that's used by independent RAs to operate their businesses and interact with their clients. And uh, how do you explain to people, maybe uh, outside of this industry or on the periphery of it, what InvestNet does? So InvestNet is a technology platform uh, that supports wealth managers. Uh, and specifically what I mean by that is we provide solutions through technology to help wealth managers, whether it's an individual financial advisor or a large enterprise, interface with their investor clients. So if you can think about a client portal or applications, uh, mobile applications or web applications that an investor would interface with for the benefit of understanding what what's in the portfolio or doing some planning solutions. So that, on one end, the key element of what we do is enable the, the advisor to communicate with their investor in a more efficient manner. The other end of it, though, that we offer is we provide applications and technology to help that advisor operate their practice more efficiently. Uh, so in that sense, the things that they're doing to, to trade uh, their accounts, to uh, do reporting on their accounts, to do the accounting on their accounts, uh, and there's a, there's a broad array of uh, solutions, if you will, and features, if you will, and capabilities that an advisor has to have to operate their business. So we're also the back-end enterprise solution for those firms as well. So we, we cover both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, I, I know you're at the airport. You're between engagements. Uh, uh, we can hear that in the background. So thanks for your time. I do appreciate it. Uh, we did want to talk a little bit about the uh, initiatives that InvestNet submits for our awards. And and you guys have won finalist status many times, and including in 2019. I think there were three or four uh, initiatives that InvestNet had that uh, reached finalist status. And and, and, the, and the one that uh, uh, won the award uh, in 2019 was around the, the model marketplaces and uh, particularly some due diligence reports that you guys do for 
uh, some of the strategies inside the model marketplaces. But talk a little bit to me, if you can, a little bit more broadly about model marketplaces. Uh, I think we see a lot of uh, uh, competing firms to invest in maybe, and maybe some frenemy firms also uh, building out their own model portfolio marketplaces. Uh, how does InvestNet approach that, and what is it Yeah, let me give you some in input on that. Um, we, we believe we have a bit of a unique approach when it comes to model marketplaces. First of all, we support about 100,000 advisors uh, in the United States, and our marketplace, and having a model marketplace, I should say, really provides those advisors with a great deal of flexibility in terms of the offerings that they want to uh, present to their investor clients. And it really helps them be more efficient. On the one hand, it helps them be extremely more efficient in terms of identifying the appropriate um, asset class and in the, in the appropriate uh, portfolio to, to put their investor clients in. But it also, because we're able to leverage our analytic solutions uh, to assess and do research on, on the underlying products, there's, there's a lot of scale that we can bring to, to all those 100,000 advisors uh, to give them a great deal of flexibility in looking at different options for the different, for the broad, if you, if you can appreciate the broad disparity that they have in, in the different investors that they're supporting. So we believe that we have a unique advantage because of the technology uh, stack that we use. We believe we have a unique advantage because of all the analytics that we're able to apply to not only the, the portfolios that are, that are uh, offered in the model marketplace, but also in the performance of those, of those portfolios. Uh, and the performance is something that we are, we do a thorough job of in terms of creating uh, reports and insights for the advisor so that they can have a, a more meaningful dialogue with their investors as they're thinking about outcomes that the investor really wants to achieve. Mm -hmm. and that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I know you do come from from the, uh, the the data and analytics side, and and I do want to talk to you about that because I, I just on a more macro level, and tell me if I'm wrong about this assumption. Uh, advisors uh, have a bunch of clients out there. Uh, they have a bunch of strategies that they're going to avail themselves of. Matching their clients to those strategies probably is a, is is not always an easy game. How do they vet the strategies? How do they vet the client? How do they vet you know the client's risk tolerance? Connecting those pieces uh, is, is vital. And are, are you finding that uh, analyzing the data, uh, getting more data, or looking at the data in a better way kind of helps them move that ball forward? Explain to me a little bit about how you guys are using data and analytics in the firm. Yeah, you bet. I think that there's a. Um, uh, at a base level, you know, leveraging technology really helps streamline that process and that process of um, not only betting through you know, different options, if you will, that are available to an investor, but also helping an investor gain some insights into how they think about what, what level of risk the investor is willing to take on. So our, some of the tools that we have are really in, in investor uh, friendly so that they can use those solutions to gain some insights that might help them make better decisions or at least understand, you know, that the decisions that they're making uh, come with a level of um, different levels of risk. And it helps really kind of gamify and simplify uh, some of those inputs for them so that they can really kind of consume that information on their own. So it really helps the consumer on that, on that end. From an advisor's perspective, it really helps the advisor be more efficient in the way that they're delivering those solutions to their investors because, as you can appreciate, Things change in the market. Things change in individuals' lives. Uh, for the advisor who, be, who may be managing, you know, a few hundred relationships, or for a large enterprise that may be managing thousands of relationships, you know, scaling, if you will, finding the right investment solution for the right individual is a challenge. Um, and making sure that, in addition to just finding the solution, it's, it's as decisions, for, for whatever reason, as as the individual investor 
their, their tolerance changes. So that there's always activity going. It's always fluid. And having technology kind of monitor that and offer up new solutions that, that meet these ever-changing needs of an individual investor is something that is really important. And a lot of that we find we find is um, leveraging technology, particularly when data is a part of that solution, exposing the data to the advisor to help them have insights into what, what both the investor wants and needs, as well as what's happening in the, in the general market. It really becomes a, a, a critical solution, if you will, and, and critical information for the advisor to have. So that so they can be timely and responsive to their to their investors, and you help them uh, uh, collect and sort through and see the right data to make those kinds of decisions. Kind of a more of like a dynamic feedback loop uh, in terms of that know, is correct. We, we call it data insight. You're right. That's correct. We call it data insights. Um, we we have what I characterize as um, I'd oversimplify to say that we have a lot of canned insights uh, that based upon. Um, a lot of the work that we've done over the years, we've developed, but then we also work with the individual advisors to help and ask them specifically, what are what are some of the key questions that they want to ask themselves of themselves and other clients? So we will customize insights for the benefit of different advisors, but leveraging our data. I want to take a, another step back. When you deal with a lot of uh, uh, advisory firms, what are some of the biggest uh, challenges that they have right now that maybe you can help them solve, you can't quite yet help them solve, but you want to be able to help them solve. What, what are some of the biggest challenges that advisors are facing out there? Well, you know, I think in, in a, I think for the most part, advisors have always been challenged with scale and advisors really, uh, even, even advisors that leverage technology, they, they are, from a growth perspective, they, they get challenged with scale. Uh, so that's the area where I believe that we at Investment have always been successful is, is helping them with scale. We talked earlier about the, the model marketplaces. That's a huge uh, contributor to and, and delivering scale. Uh, th- that that seems to be a recurring theme, and, and we believe that technology is, is a critical foundational enabler, if you will, of scale. Uh, so that's one area. I think another area that advisors are, are struggling with today is the area of what are the right questions to be asking of, of their investors and gaining and from a planning perspective, what we're seeing, and there's been a trend that's happening now, it's, it's a good three or four years that this is happening, but there still isn't, in my view, um, a, a, um, a strong adoption by advisors of planning solutions, planning tools, moving to a position where planning becomes uh, and leveraging planning insights so that when they're trying to manage an investor's relationship, they're doing it from a planning lens and not from a performance lens. That's an area that advisors still kind of struggle with. And, yeah, and we, we believe that we, we can help them in that regard. Yeah, that's interesting. I, and, and, and I think you're right. I mean, the, you know, I think it was someone else was saying, you know, that we, uh, investment's done, right? That's been solved. We've, we've solved the investment yeah. problem. Uh, advisors don't need to be spending any time on that anymore. Uh, and, and probably shouldn't. And then you talk a little bit about the challenges with scale, and I think it's absolutely right. Advisors are expected to be more of a, of, of a, of a planning relationship with a client. And how do you have that kind of personalized one-on-one relationship across 160, 200, 250 client accounts? Uh, right. it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough game to do. And, and you think there are uh, solutions, technology solutions out there or coming uh, that will help them with the planning side. I don't want to. I don't want to go so far as to say it's like a robo planner, uh, uh, but uh, uh, technology will enable advisors to better do the financial planning component of the job. Yeah, I do, and I think that um, you know. So when you when you move from really just focused on what I'd characterize as a narrow solution of solving for investments 
to a broader solution to helping an individual uh, kind of navigate through, you know, their their financial needs. You know, if I am uh, just starting my career, you know, just getting out of college, you know, my financial needs are a lot different than if I am ready to retire, right? So, um, I'm getting out of college, maybe I have student debt, and, I, and I've got to, I've got to, you know, buy my first car, or rent my first apartment, or all those other types of things. My needs, my needs are what my needs are in order to navigate through that process. Now, most of those individuals that fit that profile or that demographic aren't going to be a target. For the traditional financial advisor. That being said, there are a lot of technologies uh, that advisors use that would enable that same investor in, in that part of their in that part of their journey to gain insights into how they want to plan for you know the next 12 months, the next five years, the next you know their lifetime. And so, taking down market, for lack of a better way to characterize this, the tools that we built from a planning perspective and putting them in the hands and putting them in front of. Uh, that that demographic really starts to starts to enable them to be on that journey, so that the advisor can really start to help um, gain insights uh, in, into that in, that individual, who over time will you know kind of achieve a threshold where either through their 401k or other means through taxable savings, they're going to have enough savings that that advisor is going to want to have that relationship with that investor in a meaningful way. And all I'm trying to trying to call out here is. We believe that the, the, there's a broad spectrum of needs from individuals, and financial wellness is more than just dealing with my investment accounts. It's dealing with how do I think about credit? How do I think about insurance? How do I think about you know saving saving for my kids' college or saving for my retirement? It, it really is a really broad uh, spectrum. And and you said not a robo advisor. We we there are robo advisor like capabilities that address some of these things, but we do believe that. In a very automated sense, we can deliver applications to an investor to give them insights into these different elements of their financial life that ultimately can feed into a financial advisor and help that advisor kind of give that individual investor some counsel to help them be more efficient in in reaching their planning years and their, their saving years, I'm sorry, from a planning yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like uh, uh, automating the discovery process, for lack of a better word, right? I mean, if uh, you got it. if you're an advisor and you're coming into a meeting with a client and you already have a lot of the information around uh, spending habits or uh, you know uh, debt held or any of the other uh, data points out there, you're going to be much more efficient in terms of crafting you know bespoke plans for that client. You got it. You know, we talk about uh, uh, the the robos, and I'll, I'll ask you this because I think we're asking everybody: Have we reached peak robo at this point uh, on the investment side? I mean, uh, I, I still think that advisors are are slow and reluctant, and in some ways not necessarily going down that road. Uh, it is a good solution, I guess, for that young college grad who's just coming out that an advisor might want to get on the kind of the front end of the marketing funnel, so to speak. Uh, a robo is a good solution for them. But we still don't see a lot of adoption of robo advisors or yeah, robo platforms by advisors, do we? What's your view? No, you don't. Uh, no, you don't. I would say not a true robo advisor solution. You don't. But what we are seeing is a greater uh, deployment of these um, these applications. That I, I think I characterize it a little bit differently in terms of what we're seeing with with traditional financial advisors. They're starting to deploy via the web applications, whether it's mobile or otherwise that their own individual client, investor client, regard, and this is someone that has a few million dollars of savings, that they can start to interface with on their own without the benefit of the advisor looking over their shoulder or without the advisor inputting all the information. So we are starting to see a much greater adoption of these types of tools 
that uh, kind of sit between the advisor and the individual investors. Um, and it's not it's not a it's not what a traditional robo meaning never talk to an advisor type of scenario. Right. But it is um, it is a, a component of that. So we are seeing a great adoption of that. And we're, where we're seeing that happen most is in the planning area. We're seeing it most happen. There, there's some great financial apps that are being built from a planning perspective and being deployed uh, by advisors to their clients. We're seeing it in a client portal uh, environment. We're seeing it in what I'd characterize as more informational tools and informational in the sense that there's, um, you know, every, every advisor has, most advisors have a quarterly reporting process that they go through, which is traditional paper. And we're, we're seeing a great adoption of the digital solution that, but because they're, they're adopting the digital distribution of their quarterly reports, they'll also amend, appending to that other insights and information that are relevant to the uh, end investor. So we're seeing some of that adoption. And David, that's just a long way of saying, I certainly don't think robos are dead by any stretch of the imagination, but you certainly are not seeing any new betterments or wealth fronts or, or personal capitals kind of being brought up in the marketplace. That I think I think that journey is over, but you've got Schwab and you've got Vanguard and you've got other large institutions that have similar capabilities uh, where they're actually gathering a lot of assets, obviously. So robo's not dead, but, but in, in the sense that the traditional robo, I think uh, that model's evolving and changed. It, it does kind of come back to, to data, and I will bring it back to data and analytics. I know that's what you do, but it, it is it is only through the data in a way that an advisor could have this insight into what the client might need, might not even know they need, right. uh, but uh, it gives rise to all those those kinds of things. If you had a guess, just take a stab at it, um, what percentage of data that, cl- that advisors generally have available to them are they not making best use of? Oof, 80 plus percent. Yeah. Uh, without question. Uh, it's, it's amazing how much data uh, advisors, it, it is essentially untapped. Um, we work with some firms that are using data science, have their own internal data science departments. And these are large institutions, obviously, have their own internal data science departments. And those organizations are really on the cutting edge of how they're, how they're trying to use data and trying to glean in, uh, insights, if you will, from the information that sit exactly on the platforms. So I, I would tell you by far the vast majority of advisors are not leveraging data. And part of the reason is because it's hard, right? I mean, there's a, a, yeah. a lot of data there. And if, and if you, you know, don't know what you're doing, it can be messy and, and, uh, and it can't really yeah. give you the, the information that you're looking for. Uh, correct. That's, uh, that's you, correct. Yes. Yeah, so you guys are doing a lot with um, uh, artificial intelligence as well. Uh, and I, I wanted to ask you about that because there's some thought out there that uh, we yet really have not seen any artificial intelligence applications in the advisory space uh, of, of note, only kind of hyped uh, uh, headlines and press releases, but but nothing really of note. Where are we in terms of the artificial intelligence uh, progression or journey uh, for ways that would benefit advisors and benefit their end clients? Uh, some of the firms that are making the, the investments are really kind of uh, paving the way now. And, and as in most technologies, as, as they evolve, you know, there, there are the front runners who kind of pave the way, and then those that, you know, the, the the early adopters who will follow them, if you will, they'll they'll get there quicker and easier because the path is going to be paved. But I think there's several firms that are kind of paving the way. I'd like to think that we're one of those firms. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our own. We have about 80 data scientists on our team, uh, and we deal with a lot of artificial intelligence. Where we are working on behalf of our clients to identify trends and to help uh, provide insights to them. But I do believe that we're in the early innings without question. There's, there's so much more. And by the way, I mean, what we're finding is 
as our technologies, as technology period, as, as software is being deployed inside of large advisory firms, you know, we're now, the, the repository of data is, is increasing. And as, a repo, you know, as the data, the levels of data increase to multi-terabytes, you know, it just becomes a great opportunity to kind of mine, if you will, a lot of that information so that we can try to find better outcomes, and better products to provide to our advisory clients. So I, I, I'd like to think that we're, one of the firms that are that are kind of pushing the edge of, of where uh, of how artificial intelligence needs to be deployed, and with 80 data scientists on our on our team, and we have in total we have about 500 engineers, 500 software engineers. So there's a lot of work and energy and, and investment we're putting into it. So I'd, I'd like to think that we're there. Do you want to take a stab at giving me an example of maybe not what's available now, but what is going to be available in the future iteration uh, of? of the InvestNet platform, where is it really going to benefit the advisor? What should the advisor be looking for? I imagine that there are a lot of advisors out there who don't even know what they don't know in terms of what they could do. Uh, so what would you say to them? Uh, you know, yeah. Say, just, just you wait, it's coming. Here's what it's going to look like. Well, here's something that we're working on in our organization. It's conversational AI, and that's kind of like chatbot, but on steroids, if you will. I'll also, I'll also say what? that that was a finalist for a wealthmanagement.com uh, Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, as technology continues to evolve, you know, investment yodeling has revolutionized, you know, we think we've revolutionized the digital experience with conversational AI, uh, particularly for financial service providers, um, using natural language processing specifically tailored to financial service providers. AI enables them to connect, enables the advisors to connect directly with consumers on the device of their consumer's choice. doesn't matter if you're on a phone, if you're on a, on a mobile phone, if you're, if you're uh, through chatbot, doesn't matter. And understanding... Uh, you know, to be able to understand and respond to consumers' queries on a, on a real-time basis, leveraging lots of data is is a tremendous benefit to an advisor, uh, particularly when it comes to how they want to interface with those those individual investors and really kind of put the consumer experience uh, in a position where consumers feel like they're getting the same type of insights when, when they're on. Uh, I'll use. Um, when they're on a Netflix or, or, or Google or an Amazon, it really doesn't matter, right? So we think that we're doing a lot there. Um, we think that we're making a lot of great strides there in, in, with that particular initiative. Yeah, I, I won't go into names, but I was using a, a, a chat bot on a, on a financial services site at, uh, fairly recently. And uh, I was, was amazed to kind of find out later that it wasn't an actual person. It actually sounded, I mean, you know, the, the interaction was such that it was, you know, I thought that there was another person on the other end there kind of typing out the answers. Is that where we're going? I mean, for an advisor, that would be beneficial because they would be able to send a lot of the inbound queries that might take up their time, efforts, and they do want to clearly respond to their clients. They want to serve the clients. Some of the more, I don't want to say rote queries, could be handled through some sort of a, a artificial intelligence bot, correct? No question about it. Um, we see that both. There's two, there's two benefits there in our view. One is dealing directly with the with the, the advisor when they're dealing directly with their consumer and whatever those questions are. Um, so making sure that we're capturing that information. And by the way, you're right. The Anyone that's been on some of these, some of the newer versions, the newer platforms of conversational AI, they really think that they're speaking to someone um, as opposed to what I'd characterize as, you know, the platforms are out two to three years ago. Um, but that the ability to capture that information, the ability to be responsive, particularly on a timely basis, that's a critical value proposition for advisors. But there's another area where it's driving a lot of efficiencies for advisors, 
and it's what I, I put it, I characterize it as in the back office. So when, when advisors are dealing with the operational aspects of the business, there's a lot of data processing, a lot of operational components, a lot of service requests, but it's really enhancing, if you will, the, op- the operational e- effectiveness of that organization. And whether you're a single, a sole proprietor, if you will, or a large enterprise that has hundreds of advisors that they support, you know, the amount of time that is spent, because accuracy is key, so the amount of time that is spent manually or, or paper shuffling, shuffling is, is important. Uh, it, it's important in the sense that it's, it's, it's an opportunity cost for you because you're not doing things to drive your business or respond to your customers' needs. So we believe that there are two core value propositions and two big areas where advisors are going to get a lot of lift from using a conversational AI type of uh, capability. I, I wanted to put a flag in one point you just made there uh, that I think there's some perception out there that smaller advisors uh, to a smaller RIAs won't be able to avail themselves of this stuff because they're too small. And this is really something only for the larger enterprises and, and the advisors that work for the larger enterprises. Uh, you're suggesting that's not true. That is not true. I mean, for, I, I, will, I will firmly confess that today it's too costly for a sole provider. Provider. That being said, what we're trying to do at InvestNet is to bring that to scale so that it will be cost efficient and cost effective for a small sole proprietor to leverage this because we recognize the benefits to be had from it. Now, we're not there yet, but that's certainly what we're trying to get to. Stuart, this has been great. If I asked you to uh, uh, look in the, uh, the next year and what we might expect to see uh, uh, submitted from uh, InvestNet for our Wealth Management Awards. Uh, what kind of what kind of initiatives are you working on now that might uh, might show up in front of the judges next year? Well, next year you're going to see what I'd characterized as personalized insight solutions for finance institutions and fintech companies. Uh, and by personalized, I mean um, I'll, I'll use the following example: where if I it's, here here's something that. Um, David, you may know this in your own life, uh, and maybe you don't, but the reality is a lot of times we have an expectation about what our budget is, what our monthly budget is, or whatever cycle that we're kind of managing our our, our, uh, our expenses on. And, and what we found is, research has found that um, more than 60% of the time, consumers actually do a horrible job of budgeting. And a lot of that is because what you, what you think you set aside for groceries or car or rent or you know, your, your daily life, mm-hmm. which you think you're setting aside for those types of daily expenses, you're, you're typically undershooting and more than 60% of consumers uh, are off by, by a magnitude of 15 to 20% uh, of what the expense is. That rings we very plan good. for one thing. Yeah. So we plan for one thing, but we, we, we do another. But the reality is where I'm going here is a lot of the personal insights that we're, we're building as tools to help the individual understand how, how some of these categories of expenses, what, what are we actually spending? Now, it sounds simple, like, oh, why don't I just look at a budget? Well, the tools that we have that we're developing and providing insights will really help the individual investor um, make very simple, track not only expenses simply, but also identify, if you will, where the outliers are. And, you know, simple examples are, you know, people forget about what it characterizes subscriptions that they have to certain things, whether it's magazines or music uh, services or whatever, you know, we signed up for things years ago that there's still a legacy uh, relationship we have that we never even leverage. Those types of insights help an individual consumer recognize where they're wasting a lot of money and wasting a lot of flow uh, of their of their cash flow. Uh, so 
we're working with a lot of financial institutions to kind of bring those solutions to bear for in, in consumers. And we have some really cool tools that we're uh, that we're actually beta testing now with a lot of the larger finance institutions. So we think that that's something that uh, we'll, we'll be talking about. At the end of the day, the solution removes the complexity of developing and integrating new offerings. Um, and, it, and it's all about built on best data and, built, and the best data science practices for the industry. So we're hopeful that we'll be able to uh, really streamline the planning process for individual investors. That's great. And their advisors. Yes. Yeah. Uh, helping the advisor uh, do a better job for their client. That's what it's all about. Uh, Stuart, this has been great. I know you're, uh, you are you got a flight to catch. So thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate it. And uh, look David, forward to seeing you uh, next year at the, at the awards. David, I appreciate it as well. Thanks thanks for uh, selecting us. We're glad to be a part uh, of this. Uh, we're honored to be a part of this. Appreciate it. Thank you. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of wealthmanagement.com.